Officially in the month of November. Yes, we are. I knew once Halloween came, it's raggedy ass around that the end of the year was officially coming. Yeah, and it, I feel like we just start just stop laughing at the memes about the the submarine that went down to see the Titanic. Who was laughing? Not me. I mean, the world. Let's be honest. I feel like people we we were. Let's be honest. The internet, the world so were laughing. That that was back in July or June, wasn't yeah, it? So it, wasn't so, it was like not so long ago, but this year's are, this is like going by like a blink of an eye. Yeah, it is. And I always wonder, like, I'll, you see stories that like jump right to Christmas when Halloween <laughs> is ending. Do you recognize the Thanksgiving holidays? Or are you someone that likes to jump right into the Christmas? I mean, we've always recognized it. My family and beyond, I feel like. Uh, I don't think the... Uh, Pilgrim version of it, I recognize not. So maybe that's that could be a reason why you know uh, why it feels like people skip it over in a way because there's that whole tragedy backstory behind all that shit. But personally, I'm, I'm I know about it. I'm aware aware of it. Never accepted it or whatever. Uh, I just like the food and the family vibe. It's the warmness. You know what I'm saying? I think people, some people look at it like it's just a day to eat. So I'm just moved right to. Where there's it's actually festive like Halloween, yeah, so people yeah. do it. It's not a lot that goes into Thanksgiving, like it does with Halloween and with Christmas. So. I dig that. I dig that. I I'm more just centric to understanding like, hey, this is just a time to get ready to like. It's almost like it's a mini Christmas, if you will, like okay. not even Christmas Eve, because like. Thanksgiving is, like, almost in a way for family that, like, I might not actually also see on Christmas because everybody got lives. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if I get Thanksgiving and I don't expect you on Christmas, I mean, you know, it's fine. I, I, oh. At least that's, that's kind of how my perception is. I expect certain people on Thanksgiving and certain people on Christmas. Like, once I had a family, I got selfish. Like, <laughs> I want my own little yeah, family yeah. thing. That I, I wish more people would do that. It's like, I think some... People get lazy and they're like, I'm just used to going over to this person's house and eating and, and doing that. I'm like, when you have your own family, I promise you the kids will like appreciate what you do for just your little yeah. tribe. Yeah. Versus always having to go to somebody else's house and share that time with them. Yeah, for sure. For like, sure. With me, I kinda always wished it was a little smaller mm. um, at certain points in my life. Mm. But there are certain parts where I was like, This is boring. You know, you kinda you miss the big yeah. The big family thing. Yeah. So I've had both. I've had it where it was dry as hell, <laughs> <laughs> and I've had it where it was really big, and you're like, you can't hear yourself think. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I did want to talk to you about. I saw something a couple of days ago. What you got? Do you know that food critic? Well, he's not really a critic, but Keith Lee. 
Yes. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, yeah. He's not really like a he's critic. Very much dry pan and honest, correct? Yeah, yeah. he's more so like I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but it kind of be feeling like a little bit of some dry snitching, a little bit going on. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure people when they see him come to restaurants, they're gonna give him the special treatment. He he says that he doesn't want that. Yeah. But when you are someone known for trying food, mm-hmm. you know you're not professionally a critic. People are gonna be like, okay, well. He has a following behind him. Let me make sure that you don't take down my damn restaurant. Yeah, definitely. That's that's going to be just something yeah. that occurs, right? It, it, nowadays, like influencers and followers of the current scene, if you got enough, bro, you can make a big change in wherever you're doing. Yeah, like you know what I'm you saying. You can make or break somebody's probably like livelihood. It's almost like that bar stool guy, Dave Portnoy, whatever. When he reviews pizzas, he just goes around the world and he eats a, a slice. He just and he eats a bite, basically. But he eats a whole slice later. But he eats a bite. And he judges it just off the first bite, and he like the the pizza's floppiness and the yeah. cheese and so he goes through all of that and he then he scores it and he's killed restaurants by that and restaurants have blown up because of it. Mm-hmm. You you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, I respect what Kevin Lee does. Now, in turn, do you feel like it is a cultural thing that happened over the weekend, or more of a societal thing that happened over the weekend? With him? Um, I think it's more so cultural okay. because. Okay, I know that he, his family was going to go eat there, and they said it was like an hour and a half wait, and mm. then when he went, it was only five minutes, and they didn't need to go, mm. and it was at the OLG restaurant. Yeah. So with Candy Bird, she did have a, you know, she did, like, respond. Yeah. And she was pretty simple with it, like, hey, you know, I'm trying to get the people who come into the restaurant the great experience. Right. And I don't want to flood the kitchen. Exactly. With orders. Mm. So I understand that. Yeah, I I think it's a cultural thing as well. I agree with you 100%. But I think what it is is we built kind of the society of Black Hollywood in Atlanta now. Mm-hmm. I mean, me and you were actually just talking about how like Tyler Perry is like such a huge influence in that mm-hmm. area, right? And what's real interesting to me is is that you are getting what what we expected out there. If it's Black Hollywood, and that's kind of just what it's becoming in that way, shape, or form, you're going to get the Hollywood experience. You just can't walk on Rodeo Drive into some motherfucking place. You know what I mean? It might be a 90-minute wait. Well, the problem is is that I've, I've kind of noticed when it comes to in this industry standards, when it comes to like uh, food, Yes. white people tend to follow the standards and black people don't. And we are following that standard now in Atlanta. That's where I'm getting it. Okay. So I, that's why. That's why I say yes in where in the way that Candy Burris is saying, I don't want to flood the kitchen, but I want to offer that yeah. premium experience to the people who are coming. Yeah. You know, it makes sense. And that's the same reason why you can't go over here and, and on Rodale Drive. It's the same reason you can't do it at I, OLG. I wish more black restaurants and businesses really thought about the experience. Yes. Because... I sometimes think about, oh, I want to go to a soul food restaurant, but in all honesty, am I going to get the search words like, what you want? <laughs> Popeye Street yeah, Service. I'll be honest, I'm not going to go to TGI Fridays and get that. It's very <laughs> professional, and I just wish that, you know, with these black-owned restaurants that you would want to do the same kind of, give the good experience. Yeah, Because yeah. it's always, oh, black people don't. You know, we don't support, we don't support. We will put our money where our mouth is, especially with food. I mean, food, but anything. I'm not going to go. Have you seen Jordans? <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Like, I'm not going to go if you got trash, a trash like uh, customer service. Yes. I've noticed that with a lot of black restaurants. That does happen often. I've had my own share of experiences in a lot of ways. But then I've also had my experience where there's a place 
uh, out here called LAMs, right? Black owned, and it's great. Soulful, and it's on like the opposite side of town of us. Like, oh, but it's awesome. It is awesome soul food. Uh, ran by a woman who has owned the restaurant for like 94 years. And she died like five or six years ago uh, or whatever. Rest in peace. But uh, like she owned that restaurant for like 100 years. Like that name, it's moved. And it provided such a great experience. But it was very ex- ex- exclusive. And you don't want to ruin something like that. You want to have something that, that we can be proud of. When we don't have, the mom and pops don't exist now because of Corona. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and like, black business is very hard to, to, to bring up in the first place. We already have a, a foot on our necks, right? Yeah. So if we're already taking into account our experience and the customer service we provide, we've always been a group to spread things via word of mouth. We've always been yeah. a group to do that. Absolutely. So you can bet your money that we're going to show out for you. Look at Black Panther. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Look at anything that we really do. Look at Teleberry, us getting just off of that subject, right? Yeah. So you make a very great point when you say we need to focus on those experiences and things of that nature because word of mouth is almost everything for us. Yeah, and I, it's not just, oh, well, I don't know. Sometimes the, the attitude is, well, I'm going to do it my way because it's my business and blah, blah, blah. And it's yeah. like something needs to be standard because you – Sometimes I'll go into black restaurants. I'm a little intimidated. Am I going to get good service or not? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately. I think you feed the ones who come, and that allows you to spread your wings and diversify in other areas when yeah. it comes to that brand or whatever you're building. Mm-hmm. You know, and support your core audience. They're going to make keep you flow. Yeah. I also think, too, um, it probably would be better to try to hire more so that you can expand your business where you can have the door dashes come into the restaurant. Yes. Um, some people are not fortunate enough to be like, you know, them calls are coming in and be like, no, nah, we ain't going to do it today. Right. We're not going to do those typical orders. Some people don't got that. So it's all about trying to – I used to be a manager. So it's all about hiring, taking the time, being patient, and hiring good people. Yeah. A lot of restaurant owners don't do that. They want them in and out people. Or they don't even look at the, res- the resumes. They look mm-hmm. at, oh, they've had some some fast food experience and not noticing that. That resume say three months, three months, two months, one month. Yeah. Big ass space in between. <laughs> you know? So as being a manager and I used to work at fast food, I thought it was very important. No matter if it was McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, whatever. TGI Fridays, OLG gang, I don't care. You need to take the time to hire quality people. Well, I think matter. that the misconception is that we should just be giving anybody jobs that are, when we think of like food, sometimes we would think of it as a lower paying thing when it comes to like working in the kitchen. I've never agreed to that. No. I don't know. It, it just, there is a little bit of a stigma. I, I, I know. That, yeah, yeah, so sure. um, it's so easy to get into the fast food in those small little restaurants. But I, if it was me and, and it was my business, yeah. I would take the time to find quality people. Yeah, I, yeah, you uh, you have a have a great point in that. I think that's just one of many misconceptions. Yeah, I think that's one of many. I think we as a society or black culture as as a whole, when it comes to black businesses, we look at those things like I don't want to spend my money on that; it's too expensive, right? Yeah. And things like that. But you pay for good quality at this point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're paying for really good quality at yeah. this point, and you're supporting someone of your own, where we can see on a day to day basis, everybody else do the same. Yeah. Why are we? Why do we have to always be the opposite? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And the quality. Those two things I think are going to make people realize, you know, uh, 
both people could be right. Yeah. I think Keith and I these restaurant it. owners are both can be right at the same time. Yeah, sometimes, you know, yes, I mean, especially with it being so big and popular and people like to come from all over, especially on the weekends. Yeah. Yes, you guys should have the to go so you can get more money. But on Candy's uh, candy side, I can see her saying, listen, I'm trying to give the quality of people who are coming and willing to sit down. Yeah. And, and they're going to spend a little bit more money. Yeah. You know, so I can, I can understand. I see both. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, there was this crazy thing that I saw mm. online. So this team is facing up to 30 years for knocking out his teacher. So, because the teacher took away the Nintendo Switch. Is, oh, this story sounds incredibly familiar, obviously, because of the Nintendo Switch thing. Did this take place in Florida? Yes. Yeah. So, the thing about it, when I was reading up on it, he has autism. He is a little mentally challenged. It was like a mentally challenged like class. Ah, so, yeah. okay. Understood. Um, he's like, divergent. I got you. He's like six foot six. Mm. He's 17 years old. Mm. But... He previously has three battery charges he had. So Yikes. I'm like, I mean, and I think this teacher wasn't even really actually a teacher. I think it was like one of those stand-ins. But what do we do about, do, do we charge someone like that who has autism as an adult and could get 30 years? Do we charge mentally challenged children? Neurodivergent people, or... In that case, just a neurodivergent child isn't something where I don't know if it's if it's right to charge, but then I, I it's a it's a hard one to answer because seventeen is so close to that legal age of something. And Florida is just another place in itself. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that's always that caveat to yeah. it. Wherein I'm not too sure if Floridians don't. I know I wouldn't. I wanted him in a facility of some sort yeah. where he could receive the help he needs. I think so too. But do I think Floridians go for that type of shit anyway? No. If you're gonna fight Disneyland being gay for like the day, you know what I mean or whatever. It's that's a very weird and just awful situation because the battery charges beforehand is something they're gonna look at. You know. You know we should really take a look at those things. Now, if he wasn't autistic and had any history of mental illness... He's gone. Then, yeah, because the teacher was not unconscious. Terrible. And it was a woman. Terrible. So, you don't do that. Yeah, but being autistic, I think that... I don't know if it's a school thing, but if you see that... I don't know if you need to go and check up on like kids and see if they've had history of being in jail recently or something, because that... How do we train our teachers and what to do in the case of they might have history of violence. I don't know. That's just a ah, uh, it's such a sticky situation. I've never. There are kids that I grew up with that I was like, no, this dude has a history of violence. He would knock a teacher out or whatever the fuck. And it's like, yeah, and it's like you need to be somewhere. And they always have had those types of schools and things, but it takes that kid getting into trouble. Yeah. I don't know if there. I don't know if there's a way that. Or if there's a clean way or a way that's going to make everybody feel safe in doing it, wherein that's going to allow that kid to get a treatment or put into a certain space, aptitude tests of some kind or anything like that. But then that type of stuff can be yeah. very, uh, you know. With schools, they're going to hell, and this is another reason why no one wants to be a teacher. Especially or or go to Florida, for that matter. 
in a middle school or high school, nobody wants to be a teacher. I think people are fine with being kindergarten, first grade, up to probably fifth, and there's a limit. Or college. Where, but then it's like, oh, I have all these school shootings. You know, so I might not have to worry about fighting a child, a kid, because they're not grown. But I might have to worry about someone coming up here to shoot. Yeah. So it's just like, no one wants to be a teacher. And this is just another instance of, yeah, that's why I don't want to be a teacher. Or go to Florida. <laughs> and, yo, I'm, Jesus Christ. That's yeah. That's a very horrible situation. I wish I wish that little black boy the best. Little? I mean, hey, look, he is hell. It doesn't matter to me. He's 17. He's a kid to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, at this point, just, I hope he gets the help he needs. I think so. I hope so, too. And the teacher, I think there's a GoFundMe, and there's like over $100,000 for her. Man. I think she, I hope that she sues the school board. I'm just saying. There needs to be something done. Safety. Yeah, there needs to be something done. Especially in high schools where there are mentally challenged classes. Yeah. Let's maybe get um, a teacher or aide or somebody, a male, in there for each period. Yeah. Easy money to maybe just sit there and just monitor and make sure that Nothing happens, especially when you have a woman teacher or a woman replacement, whatever, <coughs> that's going to be there. Yes. Make sure you, yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. All right, so this one just came yesterday. Mm. So, Sam Bankman Fried. Sam Bankman Fried. Fried? Is it Fried or Fried? His name is Fried. Well, he's Fried now because yeah. he, has been, <laughs> he has been found guilty <laughs> of... That fraud with the yeah, NFT? Yeah, yeah, FTX. Okay, FTX. I'll, I'll explain it. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the biggest frauds yes, in, in U.S. history. I've, so. I've talked about this before on the pod. Yeah, uh, so I brought this up. It's an update. And as that quick update, which funny enough, I was actually going to bring up, so thank you for doing it. Um, yeah, Mr. Sam Bankman Fried, SBF, is what he's known on, on the internet, was uh, indicted. And this was for fraud, uh, conspiracy on a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. This is from the SEC and some other uh, government agencies and entities. Um, it's seven indictments as a, to- yeah. as a whole. And, yeah, he's going to go to jail for a very long time. Um, all of his constituents flipped on him during this trial uh, and gave up everything they could. Uh, they are suffering sentences of their own. Minor Comparatively, I just saw an ex girlfriend who had the same trial. Yes, too. his ex girlfriend stood trial. It was one of the, it was, I believe, four of them in general, but the three turned on him. And uh, SDF was allowed to be on the stand to represent yeah, himself. He did. And apparently that did not go well because he's he, a good actor. He backtracked on literally everything. <laughs> He's like us. He's he's thirty one, and he's like. So I don't know why they thought that was a good idea. Um, you know, when you people can recognize a good rug pull when you see one, you can recognize one. Mm. I think everybody in America, you know, uh, can understand that if there's just nobody sitting at that self checkout line, you might just put that in the back. You know, I have. I only got a couple extra. So at the end of the day, you know, they found a very good pocket where they could, you know, basically fraud the government and many, many, many others through altruism that was absolutely fake and fraudulent in itself with him 
buying, you know, Honda Accords and all this bullshit, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he when he got to the Bahamas, he first got a Lamborghini. And then he wanted to look altruistic, you know, the type that's that would give you the shirt off his back, you know, if you okay. needed to. In turn, he traded that back in and got 800 Accord to look more down to earth. It was all just a game for this man. He stole billions of dollars. Billions yeah. of dollars. So they didn't have to, you know, white boys don't do what the white boys don't do because you don't have to go to white boys. We're yet. talking billions of dollars stolen. All the drugs, all the super sex orgies in the Bahamas, oh, real tea. <laughs> it was uh, a fun time. A crazy thing. I think we are going to see, in the same way we saw the Enron Madoff movie that came out mm-hmm. like a decade or so ago, oh, really right there go- there's going to be an FTX movie yeah. or some type of series or this something. This is the Doctor series on Netflix. Yes. And Max and all that. Well, I think this is big enough to be on the like same it. line of uh, the what's, whatever that movie is, the Social Network. Where where they make mm. when they made Facebook. Who you who would you have play uh him? Oh. He got the curly hair, like who would you oh, man. transform into uh Sam? Oh, that's that's a good question. I don't know. He's gotta be a younger guy. I would at least have at least um you want Leonardo DiCaprio in there somewhere. He got to mix them in somewhere. <laughs> put him somewhere. Put the main guy from Cadillac Records in there that wants the long nose. Put him in there. <laughs> you got to have a uh, Ben Affleck and, and then the other one. Throw them in there too. All of those guys are going to play yeah. stock exchange people. Yeah, just throw them in there. <laughs> Who fall into the shit with yeah. him. Yeah. Um, I'm incredibly glad that they're holding this stuff accountable. It's going to change the, the game when it comes to... Um, how crypto coin is looked at now. I think there will be some serious regulations put in place. He said he was trying to. That's what he said. He was. But then also he backtracked. So none of that really Do we matters. think that it took too long for him? Where he was like, okay, this is taking too long. There's too many red tapes. I think it blew, up, I think it blew up faster than he could have expected. Mm, I, think if it, if it, if I think he could have carried this off for a longer rate of time and possibly done the things he wanted to do to then flip the case over to making it real and legitimate. Mm-hmm. You know how like drug dealers will go to try to do this, do this until I can make this a legitimate business. Yeah, that type of shit. People, there's still people wanting to invest in crypto coins. Yes, but still. I think now, uh, watching how this has gone on with this indictment and things, uh, I think now is a good enough time to start keeping your eyes on crypto. In my personal opinion. Just because if regulations come, it's going out. to be safe to invest in. And whoever grabbed it up, they now, they're just waiting on it. They're waiting on yeah, it. Yeah, they're just waiting on it. The people who are grabbing, they're grabbing it up now. At, right now, they're they're sitting sitting at this point, they're sitting on it and grabbing up little ones more. They're going to be the ones who benefit from these regulations that come. Yeah, because they're going to put it out there. They're like... You you fucked up, but you know we're gonna take we're gonna take your little patent and we're yeah. gonna we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it, and then when it's regulated and everything's good, there's gonna, gonna be make crypto money everywhere, and people will be spending shitty Dogecoin over He's at Walgreens. He's gonna be using his crypto to get cigarettes in the big house, <laughs> not the big house. <laughs> uh, his trial or his sentencing is set for March twenty eighth next week. I'm really sure he's gonna appeal. Decades long. He gonna appeal. He's gonna he appeal. Yeah, you gotta go. You gotta go, bro. You do them big boy white white boys uh, things. They put you away. Yes. Billions of dollars. You steal from them. That type of money. You they let you get away. Let's be honest. The government, 
IRS, they let you get away for a minute. They want to rack it up. Until it gets to them. Yeah, they want to rack it like yeah. it, They want it over 100000 Yeah, you know, yeah. They want it close to a million, so they can really get your ass. Yeah, like you stole what? And then you stole how much from us? Yeah. <laughs> like the mob, though. Yeah. Okay, you think, okay, I got you. It is definitely a mob, for sure. For sure. Well, do you want to tell the girls what we're talking about today? I mean, we talked about a lot just now, but... Uh, yeah. What are our main... So, the main topic today would be, um, is there any real point and any good point in time where you can actually, as a parent, give up on your kids? You know, I've been seeing a lot of people going through it with their kids, including me. You know, there's every... Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yo! There's times where I'm like, you know what, you can go and never come back. You know, then I won't have a headache. But I don't see myself ever probably giving up on my kids. It all starts with you and your household, to me. Mm. Um, is there those small instances where you give your kids as much as you can and also give them the morals and all that? Yeah, and they still fuck up and they may get drugs and they're trying to steal the rugs at your house. Yeah, there are those small instances. But I think majority of the time, if you're trying to be a good parent, mm-hmm. Um, and you're trying to instill values and morals and integrity in your kids, then even if they backslide, you should be able to reel them in. You just have to have the patience. I think that our generation, not our generation, but our parents' generation, they come from just a, well, okay, you're 18, then you can go. Or you give me attitude, and you're 16, and you're you're of age of what I think you are, bye. Very Cody Brown. Yeah, very like, <laughs> get out of here, I've done everything I can. And I don't think we ever are going to do enough for our kids until the day we fucking yeah. kick the bucket. Yeah. I don't see myself ever being like, like letting go of the rope or the ability <laughs> I, like I always have it. Now, right now, I have a, I, I'm holding on to it, right? Yeah. But when I get college and start having my own families, it's loosened up, I'm still going to be there. Yeah. You know, because i got to be able to tell them, no, that's not right. We're living, we live longer than our kids in the sense of, like, we're older. So it's just, like, we have valuable things to tell our kids. Yes. And, and I think there's always a time to put them on the straight and narrow and... I don't see myself personally ever giving up unless it's something like dire, like you have you on some Menendez brother stuff. Then I gotta fucking let you go. <laughs> Menendez you brothers, bro. <laughs> you ain't gonna get me. I'm gonna get you first. You are what? I'm not gonna do that. It has to be something dire for me to really like be like, okay, I'm done with you. You yeah. know, they're only acting out honestly because of something that's going on mentally or in the house and. That's when we need to rectify the situation. Sit down, talk to them. That's how I feel. Like, do you think there's a time where you would be like, yeah, I'm done? Yeah. Yeah. I think you there is. You have that mentality a little bit. Like, I think there I'm is. not going to let them kill me. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to let them kill me. Yeah. yeah. I, and what's what's real interesting to me is I, I respect your perspective, especially in where I'm at now, but it's only because it's circumstantial for me. Mm-hmm. Our circumstances at this point in time the way my kids work and the way my relationship works with my kids, mm-hmm. uh, I would go uh, into hellfire for them. No matter what. You know I mean, what? Period. Sorry to stop you there, but I never thought I would ever feel like I would die for someone. Because I, I was always someone who was scared of death. Uh-huh. But once I had kids, I'm like, yeah, I guess I could die for you. Yeah. Like, I, I, I can do this. It's pretty easy. Without fear. Yeah, without fear. Yeah. It's pretty easy. I never thought I'd ever be like that. Yeah, never. But and, I, and you're talking to a man who's not scared of that. Like I'm, I'm not. It's not. I'm not afraid of it. So 
that makes it so much more why I cherish it so much more. It gives my appreciation for it so much more uh, credence. Mm, okay. So I, 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 I've always been one to, to watch certain situations, especially in my personal life, mm -hmm. um, extending on to even my own mother. To be honest, wherein uh, I might have I might have done one of these and let my hands go, you know what I mean, and put my hands up, you know, um, a long time ago. And in all honesty, uh, my mom went through strokes, like actual physical strokes, like three, three of them, um, where like it hospitalized her, and she forget has like lost memory and yeah. shit and. Like, pivotal moments in our life, you know, are gone now because yeah. of, like, stress. Of, like, kids. And, and that's what I'm saying. Is it's kids. I'm getting there. Believe me. It's it's more like a... I have seen what that type of attitude and behavior has done to someone. So you're like, no. So, <laughs> no. I'm good. I, you know, I can't do that. That's, that's one of those moments where, no, I'm going to keep the ball in my court for this one. I think that's the, the opposite of us, right? Because I didn't see my parents stressed out about us. It was like, well, I mean, I, you turn 18, I guess you're going to go and exactly, do this. Yeah. So it was just like, I'm not going to be stressed out about you. And I wish it was more of like, being in my corner longer, you know, yeah. help me out more. That's where I come in. So I can see what, where um, our childhood can, comes in that's a little different. I yes. can see why your mindset is like, no, y'all not gonna trust me out. Fuck that. I got life to live. Yeah, I got, I got my life to live. To be I honest. see that because it's like when you, when you leave at eighteen or whenever you decide to leave, I gotta still be here and deal with stuff. And yeah. you're gonna go and you have all this life to live. Where yes. I have less than you. I see that. Um, I don't see myself giving up on my kids unless it really is like they didn't kill people. <laughs> kill the spree, and I can't. Even then, I'll be like, listen, are you going with him? <laughs> and they're like, oh, and if they're like, I don't believe in God, I'm like, well, I'm okay. Well, don't. What are you going to do? Turn into a tree? <laughs> change, change your name because I'm done with you. I don't know. I think it might take a minute. I have small, I have like little patience, but for my kids, I think it starts with me. So it's like, if I give up on them, that's part of me giving up on myself and giving up, like, it's still on me. Yeah. You know, yeah, so definitely. what happens with their attitudes and what they become when they get older? It, it is kind of reflective on what how we grew up. Yeah. Um, I've been seeing parents lately be like, I'm done with them. And I'm like, whoa, like, there's people out there that I've been talking to lately and they got kids around my, my daughter's age. You know, teenage, but I'm done. And I'm like, I do not see myself being done. Am I, do I get pissed at her a lot? And stuff like that because I'm learning new levels to parenthood every fucking day and I didn't know that. Like, yeah. I thought I had parenthood locked down. I had kids before everybody no. I knew. And then, you know, you have a daughter and it's someone kind of similar to you and they got a little attitude. They're starting to have periods. They got, you know, they have friends. They want to talk. They don't want to hang out with you no more. Yeah. They got always got something to say. You are no longer like, cool. <laughs> and I'm like, do I need to put my hair up? Because I'm here for it. You know what I'm saying? So I did not know. I thought I had it locked down. But you sound, you know what's funny is you sound exactly like my mother yeah. when it was when it came to me. Because she was just like, hey, what happened you? to the sweet little boy that was here at one point? You are now completely evil and I don't know you. <laughs> you know, I look at myself like, what did I do? What could, what I could I have done to make her have an attitude like this? But I feel like once a teenager, like literally when she hit like 
14, like a switch right on her birthday. And yeah. I'm just like, who the fuck are you? It is that, there is that, uh, it, I've noticed it myself in it too, but it, to that same to that same degree, that switch does just happen just one day. Yeah. Yeah, it happens one day and you just, you gotta realize that. At that point, they're no longer the, the kiddo you know, but they're still the kiddo you know who is now a person. Mm-hmm. You know, and taking a lot of that into account, uh, it depends on where you are as that person on if I'm going to be able to really kick in or not. Because my effort, my energy, my time is is literally the most valuable thing I have. Because we're only here for a blip, yeah. you know? We're only here for a blip. And if I give that to you, I can never get that back. I'm always going to have a job that makes money. I guess we can go without these at any point in time. You know what I mean? But my time and energy, I'll never get back. So I watched my mom's health deteriorate for an incredibly long time. And it, it, it was maybe, if I may be frank, almost a 15 to 16 year period. Jeez. If my mother is going to be 65 next year, you know, and all these things are happening for almost the half of my life, you know what I mean? I can I I'm I'm a Navy SEAL in understanding that nah nigga wash your hands of it accept inevitability and walk off. Now now my thing is um I won't have put all my my time and effort like I guess I won't put all my energy into certain things. Right. If I told you something and you decide you want to do something else, then I'm going like this to it, but I'm not gonna I'm not washing my hands of you completely. Yeah. I won't put my energy in something. You gotta go to jail, but I guess you're going to jail because I, I'm not gonna be worried about that. I told you. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm the type of person I'm gonna tell you multiple times then. Just so, you know, I know that I said and did what I was supposed to as a parent or whatever. Um, I won't completely be like, No, I'm done with you. Yeah. Like if I told my son he got on drugs, I'm like, I need you to stop. What do I need to do? What I need to do. I will put that time in and after a while I'll be like, Okay, I'm putting my hands up. Yeah. But if you come to me, you mean me. I'm still here. Mm-hmm. I understand, but you're not gonna kill me. Yeah, yeah, I understand. But you ain't gonna kill me. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I can respect. I respect that. I'm so far jaded. You've made me a bit softer in that way. So you know, I I do have an incredible, uh, a lot more patience than I did, especially in the beginning. You, I have way more patience. I'm a totally different man in that my in my eyes. You know what I mean? But. When it when it really comes down to the circumstances of the children, mm-hmm. my life now, I'm hellfire. As things change, it still feels like it's gonna be that. Yeah. Just because everything that I witnessed, I'm not getting from my kids. But the reason why I'm not getting it from my kids is because, you're I mean, I'm not parenting the same way. Yeah, you're doing it different, so you're not getting what you used to do. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I do have a question in this, too. What if it's actually the reverse? Now, what I mean by giving up on your kids is that maybe you're going to give up for adoption. Or maybe you might have the best option is giving up for adoption because you your life is absolutely in shambles yeah. as the adult. Are there circumstances in where that's, that is the best move? Yeah, I don't even want to call it like uh, giving up. Uh, right. I just look at it as providing a better opportunity Life. for. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So if I was in a in a position where I just couldn't do it, um, then yeah, I would be like, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a better decision for my kid and put them in a better better place. If you are going, if you are a individual going through a situation where it's just 
putting your seed in the worst position possible, mm -hmm. you have to do everything in your power, no matter what the, that sacrifice may actually be, yeah. to elevate that child's position. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Elevating that child's position should be your only uh, objective. It should be your only directive. I you think it's very selfish if you don't. Yes. You know, as much as you might look at it like that, you might look at it like, oh, well, I want to keep my kid by me. Right. But if it's hurting them and you in the long run, it's you being very selfish and actually that's a bad You're You're being bad. detrimental. Yeah. You're being absolutely. detrimental. It's like... It's just curing one of the symptoms of not the actual disease, you know? Yeah. And you know, I, I do have a family member recently that has gone through a few things and ended up in a, one of the most worst situations possible, but not the worst situation possible. Okay. Meaning uh, no death involved, but there absolutely could have been a 100% chance there would have been. You know what I mean? Right. If given enough time, I'd say that. Yeah. Um, and the child at this point, uh, not in the parents' possession anymore. At, at this point. Now things could change. Things could change. What I'm saying is, is this, this person had the opportunity to take care of business and get some assistance where in, in plenty of time, but they chose to make the decision to do something where that, that truly endangered that child's life. Yeah. Um, in that situation, and as a man, again, no matter what sacrifices you make, you have to deal with. You are built to do that now. That child is not. And it shouldn't have to. You know what I mean? Uh, I think that there are only cases where in life, God, whatever you truly do believe in, can whoop your ass better than any other person on this fucking planet can. Yeah. And I hope that this person under like learns their lesson in this scenario of things, but when it comes to giving up your child for a possible better situation, if that is ever an option for you and you aren't like in the best suited way to handle it, knowing that that's gotta be one of the toughest decisions that person has ever made in their life. It can't be not one that's not thought of. And you can't make thing, decisions that are going to lead to the ultimate mistake. One thing that I always do say is you have to think about your repercussions and your consequences. Because if you do that before you do anything, you don't make mistakes, you make decisions. And that's real key here. There was a big mistake made with a decision here. I can't get into it, of course, but like, as a man, as a parent, as a father, and as a husband, my only directives is to elevate the lifestyle here. Because if that happens with my family that I provide and take care of, um, I'm already getting the spoils too. When do you think is the best time? Not the best time, but when do you feel like, okay, because, um, you know, before they're 18, we really have to make sure that we are setting them up for success, make sure they stay out of harm's way. Right. Um, when do we kind of let them go, in a sense? I don't think you do. Okay, so you, as a parent, would not. Never. Even if they're wild and stuff, and I know you've had your time where you felt like you were wild and mad and angry, um, you think you're still supposed to hold on? Because I've just noticed parents lately, like, they can't handle it. I think 
circumstantially. My kids aren't, aren't wild, and my kids aren't doing any of that. But then I've been talking, just yeah. talking to my kids, mm -hmm. not as their parent, but as Greg for a very long time now. Yeah, I used to be a teenager. Used to be there. Yeah. And, that, and that's not, like, you ain't, we ain't too far off, my yeah. nigga, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I can relate to my 8-year-old as much as I can relate to my 15-year-old. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I don't lose foresight in that, because I also know at that age, I was becoming a person. So we're meeting on even ground each and every single time now. Me and my kids meet on even ground. Yeah. I leave it at that. I don't care how old they get. I don't care how old I get. I know they're going to still be my babies. They know that at the end of the day. Yeah. That means at the end of the day, when I say go get me a glass of water, you're going to have to get me a glass of water. But I'm always going to meet you at the evenest of levels when it comes to anything. So that's what I mean by you never let go. They're, you're going to let go because my kids are going to go to college. The kids are yeah. going to go to college. But when they need me, at whenever, it can be 65. Who was up? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Any extreme measures that you would be like, you know what? I'm done with you. I'm totally done. Harming with you. themselves or harming someone they love in the worst ways possible would make me clean my hands of them completely. Yeah, I think so. You know, but other than that, we going through hellfire and hell together. That, yeah, that's it. That's yeah, it. Absolutely. If you really love your kids, you know, it starts at home. It starts with us. So no matter what, but do what you need to do for them. Yeah. I think it, it's a problem when people don't look at themselves as parents first and be like, why are they acting like this? <laughs> right. Because even though I'm like, oh my God, I, I got to be like, okay, what am I not doing? What what can I do? Right. Exactly. And you know what's funny? I feel like parents right now like who are going through these things and like giving up and washing their hands or doing the wrong decisions and shit, never had that conversation with anybody who would be like, all right, when you have kids, they're going to be acting like you. Mm -hmm. You know, because I got that from my mom. I, I mean, this is my thing. I'm going to be honest. I don't feel like I was that kid, so I was like, um, I shouldn't have to pay for it. You, did, you for weren't either. a bad kid, but you still have that badass attitude, don't oh, you? I have an attitude. I had, I, to me, I felt like I had an attitude for a reason. <laughs> but that's fine. Yeah. It don't matter. It's in our DNA. That is true. <laughs> you know, so I'm getting the attitudes where I probably gave attitudes, oh, whatever. Yeah. I know for a fact, though, no, I know for a fact that I wasn't bad. Fair. No, attitude was, yeah, I got an attitude. I. Was bad and yeah. was angry and that little man in there that I love so dearly, he gonna drive me when he get older. Why? Yeah. But yeah. I'm ready for it because again, just real quickly, we're gonna need at even level. So I'm hoping at that point in that degree, it'll never come to that. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's different. It's never. I'm never gonna have this because you I always feel like your mom was like that, like washed her hands of you at any point. Like were you like, oh that she really not fucking. With you. Um, no. Okay. No. Well, okay. Uh, because there's the abandonment issues I've always had that we've discussed over the years. Okay. So maybe emotionally, yeah. Okay. Right? And so that kind of bled into other things. But, like, physically, no. My mom has, like, tried to always at least do that thing. Yeah. And was she the best at it? No. Did yeah. she try? Yes. Was that a good enough example for me to improve the design now with my kids? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. so, so. you have any last words of wisdom before we get out of here for the weekend? Uh, happy holidays, because I'm just saying that all month. It's I mean, we're going down there. Don't forget about Thanksgiving. It matters. 